Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Away for another Vaughan boundary. <laughs> Well, he's a great fieldsman, Philip Tuffner. He often falls over and he's brought it into his batting as well. Hello and welcome to the Vaughan and Tuffers Cricket Club, a new podcast brought to you by the Daily Telegraph. My name is Ben Wright and I'm joined again, not in the studio today, but remotely by Ashes winning captain Michael Vaughan and entertainment all-rounder Phil Tuffner. We're back, week two. And week one was a big one. We managed to go top of the charts, top of the Apple podcast charts for the sports category uh, in our first week. And I think uh, number two overall, which is not bad, is it, James? We were number one. We're number one in the sports category, yeah. (laughs) Hold on a minute while I blow my own trumpet. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I I have to say, I never thought I'd be top of the pops. Oh, by the way, I've got online. I've managed to use the technology. I I see, Phil, you've got your own producer in your kitchen with you. Yes, I have tech support with me, Mike. Yeah, and and I'm left to work off my wife's computer. (laughs) Because it doesn't work on the iPad that I have next to me. So thanks for that. Anyway, good to be on. Yeah, so the cameras have been rolling for a while. So we've got uh, quite a lot of material for our bloopers reel. Yeah. From Mike going, you're on mute, Mike. You're on mute. My volume won't even working. Hello? <laughs> Hello? <laughs> I have to say, it was, a, it was a little bit like Zoom calling my granny during the pandemic. It's, you, you, you pick on the northerners, don't you? <laughs> right, let's do it. You've both headed home after three and a half, actually more like three and a quarter days, toiling over the microphone at Lord's. Ben, can I just put something straight now? Yes. Um, can I stay? Was it you I saw on television? Yes. With your MCC tie on the other day? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Busted. It, it was, Busted. It was me. I was, I was there on Sunday. Uh, I was in the stands. I was there with a couple of mates. It was actually the first airing of my MCC tie. Uh, you I, were having a lager, weren't you, when I saw you? Was that right? No, no. Lager? Sparkling white wine. English sparkling white wine. I was, good. It, was, yes. it was patriotic boozing I was doing. Well, good. I, but I tell you what, what um, I, I have to say, um, that was one of the most enjoyable test matches I've covered. Oh, don't know what you think, bonkers. Phil, but it just from that start with the, obviously all the all the kind of changes. Um, you know, the new captain, the new coach, everything's going to be positive. They got off to such a flying start. Having uh, New Zealand was it thirty nine for six at lunchtime on day one. Um, and then at the end of the day, about half past four, it was all positive. England were great. You know, the, the reset is working. And then about an hour later, it was, oh, no, here we go. Same old England. Can't bat. Um, playing poor shots. Um, and throughout the whole game, it just seemed to be that every session, it just kind of ebbed and flowed. And then uh, eventually we saw a very special innings from a very special player. It was great. But, but Phil, what do you reckon? Do you, do you think there was enough there to suggest a, a new dawn? Has broken for the England team, or was it actually a bit more of the a bit more of the same? Well, you know, baby steps, baby steps. There's going to be ups and downs. You know, it's the first game. Let's not get carried away. But it's great, to, great to get off with a victory. And and it was just it was just a bonkers test. And if anything, I mean, I was on the edge of my seat every minute and every ball bowled, apart from which what I thought was going to be the most nerve-wracking bit was, was, was England getting over the line. And then Joe Root just came out and knocked it off like he was having a cup of tea. It was a sublime knock. So, if anything, the last, the last morning session was a bit of an anti-climax because Joe Root played so beautifully. I, I actually think, Ben, um, 
what did we learn from the test team? Let's be brutally honest, not a lot. Because when the ball's moving around, Broad and Anderson are up there with the best combinations we've seen. You know, with the bat in hand, England rely on Joe Root. So we actually haven't learned a great deal in terms of uh, the team. But I'm not too sure that same set of players, uh, I'm not bagging the old leadership, but I'm not sure they would have won this week with the... It, it almost was meant to be um, the little bit of fortune, Ben Stokes being bowled off the no ball. Joe Root never scored a fourth in, in his century. Uh, 10,000 tests. The first game back as the non-captain playing for the present captain, the new captain that did so much for him. It's 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 ironic that we, we're kind of looking at all this and thinking, oh yeah, it's changed and there's a real positivity. Not a lot's changed, but I just think that little bit of luck and it, it was meant to be for Joe to be there at the end, for Joe to get 100, for Joe to get 10,000, for the whole of Laws to be on their feet, clapping not only his century, but I think the applause he got was for his work as captain as well, you know, because he, he, he had tough times as a captain, uh, particularly the last two years. And I felt it was all meant to be. Um, and I do think, I, I'm not too sure whether they, they would have won this week with the old management. I just think that was uh, such a, a difficult time for the old management that uh, fresh start, fresh kind of minds, and there was a lot of positivity and it almost kind of just dragged England along to the victory. Yeah, uh, do, do the, the cricketing gods at Lords look after Stokesy a little bit? Do you think? <laughs> That's a couple of times he's had a bit of luck there, isn't it? <laughs> well, he's got that best entry against New Zealand a few, well, many yeah. years ago, the World Cup yeah. final. Yeah. Um, the first time I'm asking as an England captain, uh, lost quite a good toss in the end. It was quite a good toss to have lost. His best player steps up to the plate at the first. Uh, time of asking. Uh, he's a special player. I, I've not seen, um, and, I, and I think Graham Gooch potentially of T20 cricket had been around in his era. He could have been a similar style of all format player, brilliant. Uh, maybe David Garrett the same. Um, we've got him on later, David. But I, I do think Joe Root is the kind of player that he just makes it look so easy. And everything about his batting is pure. It's technically pure, mentally fantastic, and it looks like he's having a bit of fun out in the middle. Yeah, and, and the other thing, Mike, as well, he just he's read that inning so well. His tempo was so good, wasn't it? He came out there, he knocked it around, he sort of gave it over to Stokesy to give it a bit of a whack and it those sixes and and sort of went back into his shell and then you know when they came out in the morning and a, a, a big a big he's a magician he just played have you it. see have you seen that clip on social Phil have you seen him at the non strikers yes the bat. with his bat <laughs> it, it, he's a he's Harry Potter he's Harry Potter balancing the bat <laughs> but but Phil would Phil was right he got he got forty off the first hundred balls and then when Stokes who was out he got thirty seven off the next forty one so he was able to just increase his tempo and I was looking at a sort of compilation of all his scoring shots and that ability just to anything on the stumps he turns around to off to on rather picks up one or two and then if it's outside off he plays it late and he'll sort of guide it through gully and he'll pick up runs there it's, it's sort of very hard to bowl to absolutely the, the New Zealanders couldn't stop him just rotating strike ticking off those runs and it's very frustrating when you can't then apply pressure as a bowling side and get mains in and you know and, and create that sort of sort of doubt in the batsman's mind if you're just ticking it over at twos and threes and over it, it happens and uh, it was a wonderful knock. and a great reception he got walking in as well didn't he into the long room did you see that it was lovely everyone standing and clapping and everyone came down and gave him a hug it was it was a i, I, I had a tear in my eye did you feel did you got a bit emotional and what did we make of stokes's captaincy obviously still only one match early days but was there enough there to see what kind of captain he's going to be yeah i saw it straight away uh, i i could see within the first half an hour when he had six slips i just went yep he's going to be a captain that Wherever he feels the ball, he's going to go in the air, he's going to have a fielder. And I think he, he set the, the, the stall out straight away and he set it straight away afterwards. Uh, my job as a captain is to try and create wicket-taking opportunities. Um, and that maybe alluded to the past where they maybe went for a bit of protection. Uh, Broad and Anderson, you know, they, they have been uh, known in the past to set fields that are more restrictive for the 
the runs rather than just go for it with the the kind of field setting in, in terms of aggressive uh, sense. Um, I, I think we're in for a good ride with Ben. I think we'll have some fun with this test match. I don't think they're going to win every week. I don't think they're good enough to, but I think we're in for a, a, a good ride with this this combination. That They're obviously going to be very aggressive in terms of their field setting uh, and with the batting hand, um, they're going to go for it. And the one thing I'll say about the batting, which... You know, when you're a young player and you're setting out, you're always trying to work out methods and, and you're trying to become consistent. And I think I see too much. I don't know what you think, Phil. In terms of the younger players, I see them try too much. You know, Alex Lee's batting a yard outside off some. I don't know why. You know, players batting a yard outside the crease. I don't know why. Batting outside off stump as a right hand. I don't know why. What you're worried about. You're worried about missing the ball. Don't think about missing the ball. Think about hitting the ball. Alex Lee's in the second innings. What did he do? He went back to more neutral on middle. It opens up both sides of the ground. And all I'll say to him is, just look at the great players of this era. Virat Kohli, Kane Williamson. I wouldn't look at Steve Smith because he's a freak. He plays in a fashion that I just don't think you can copy. Uh, but Joe Root is the kind of player that I hope all our coaches in the UK are looking at and going, that's the way you bat. You bat on middle stump. You stay nice and upright. Your eyes are level. You have a nice, simple bat lift. It opens up the offside, the onside. You get forward to full length and you pick up length and you go back when it's slightly shorter. He, he looked fantastic. And obviously we've got some of the pyrotechnics from from Ben Stokes as well but just a couple of the other batters to mention Zach Crawley he got 43 in the first innings he looked quite good until I saw one writer say sort of lived by the cover drive and then died by the cover drive and then folks in the second innings I thought that was a that was a proper innings he got 37 no what did he get he got 32 off 92 balls and obviously helped get root over the line there yeah, no, very assured. Um, that could set up Ben Stoke, uh, Ben Folks's, um summer. You know, he just looked very assured. And I think, well, Mike, you'll be able to say a little bit more about Crawley, but he is he, he needs to sort out that, that cover drive because his foot's in the right. He's not going towards the ball. The hands are too low and it's coming from sort of like a third or second slip. So it is a strength of his, but, I mean, it will it will do for him more than it not. Well, I think he's got two schools of thought now. He, he, he either really irons out that technique because the ball before he got out, he got his left foot towards the line of the ball and he just timed it down the, the outfield for four. Um, the ball that he gets out to, you look at his left foot, it doesn't move a great deal. It doesn't go towards the line of the ball and then he's playing away from his body. He, he either really irons that out mentally and technically or he goes the other way and goes really aggressive. He can't get caught in the in between. If he gets caught in between, he's going to continuously play one or two nice shots and then he'll play a, an iffy drive once again. So he's either got to be ultra aggressive and go really hard, which I reckon Brendan McCullum will be telling him to do so. I don't think Brendan will be working too much technically on him and saying, oh, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. I think Brendan will probably sit with him going, look, the top of the order, we want to score runs. We want to kind of get off to a start. We want to try and force this positivity on the game. Your job at the top is to go out and have a dash. I think that may be the way that he'd like to play. It might be the way that he, look, it's risky and it might be very inconsistent. And if it fails, he may be out the side in two or three games' time. But he looks to me the bet- a better player when he's looking to score. So I'd rather him go for the attacking option rather than to try and play in a way that's not necessarily natural to him. And we talked a lot about England. Uh, a quick word on New Zealand. They obviously hadn't had a lot of cricket going into this match. They're going to be better at Trent Bridge, aren't they? They will be. They looked a bit rusty, didn't they? Haven't played a lot of test match cricket. They're the kind of side that will always come back. You know, they'll come back. They'll look at the positives, look look at the negatives, work on them, get themselves right in the head and be back. And with that bowling unit, you've got to be careful. It's a, it's a very, very good, you know, experienced um, bowling attack. So, yeah, they'll be back stronger. But, I mean, just a great start for England to get off, off and running with a win. Well, can I ask you a question? Do you reckon Colin's day on Sunday, Colin, um, was it Sunday, Saturday? Wasn't it? <laughs> it's like one of mine, that. It was like... <laughs> We are going to talk about um, you know viral sensations across the kind of league sector, but Cole's up yeah. there, isn't he? I reckon he's. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say yeah. now, Colin de Grandhomme. So we're going to have an honours board for necessarily not great things on this uh, podcast. I'm putting Colin de Grandhomme's third day. He's up there as possibly the worst day I've seen in Test cricket. And because of that, I want I want Colin to be an honorary life member yeah. of our honours board. We need to get a picture with him, Phil, because I think Colin needs to be at the top of that list. He's going to be, he's going to be the president of the honours board. <laughs> maybe, maybe we name it after him, the De Grandhomme Honours Board. 
That it doesn't get any better than that. Run out first ball, Dozerly, <laughs> bowling the England skipper off, and now he, when he was on one, and the game would have been won, and then unfortunately he gets an injury um, about a couple of minutes later. So yeah, it's up there with the worst days I've seen. But you know, he's a, he's our president of the honour board. <laughs> but enough of what you two thought of the match. What we really want to know is what our young listener Megan thought of it. Mike, have you heard from her? Yes, I have. Forget what me and Phil think. It's irrelevant. It's all about Megan. She's eight. Hi, Bonnie. Hi, Tuffers. Didn't play much cricket this week as I was in Peter Pan, which was very, very fun. I watched the test match. It was amazing. Maybe I was wrong about just loving 100. I love Ben Stokes and Joe Root. Well, she sounds absolutely buzzing like we all were at Lord's, Mike. Um, great advert for the game. Um, edgier seat stuff. No wonder she was excited. And, and bearing in mind, Meg, she's already stated she doesn't like all this kind of fancy stuff. She doesn't like the tie. She, she's very much a, a new school cricket lover, the 100, white ball, colour. She's now into test cricket. First time of asking and she loves Ben and Joe. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? So... Probably time to move on to this week's guests, and it's another cracker. I mean, we had Rob Key last week. This week, uh, we got an English cricket legend uh, and one of the most elegant left-handed batters to play the game, uh, David Gower. Oh, my hero. We caught up with him after play on Friday at Lords. I was in charge of the recording equipment, which uh, was a little bit dicey, but seemed to go all right. <laughs> uh, I was playing with it uh, and trying to get it set up, and it was at our feet. Uh, and as I was fiddling with it, uh, David spotted that we were split between those of us who were wearing socks and those fashionistas uh, who who had gone bare ankled. Nice, nice, uh, nice, colourful socks. Uh, ben, I've, nice I'm pair wearing, of brown shoes and orange socks. socks. And Phil has got a, 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 a beautiful pair. I don't know how you just, are they loafers? They're a Gucci loafer. Goof, no, uh, goofy or Gucci? Gucci, you don't wear socks with Gucci. Are nah, you, no, I've gone for the pump with no socks. <laughs> David always used to wear red socks, if I remember oh, no, right. Blue socks. Many colours. Yes, you did. Available. If need be, red and green for Leicestershire, blue and yellow for Hampshire, blue and blue for England. Oh, you had a collection of socks. Oh, I had a, had a mate with a... Warehouse full of them. <laughs> <laughs> and what did the socks. what did the ECB think about your socks? It was, it was more. It was the era of Peter May as chairman, yeah, and Mickey Stewart as manager. Peter May coming out of lunch one day at Trent Bridge. I was coming up the stairs to the dressing room, the England dressing room, wearing my blue socks and no shoes. And the chairman very politely asked, um, "Excuse me, Debbie, what colour are those socks?" They're blue, chairman. And he went, "Oh, good." An hour later, or whenever, Mickey Stewart said, "Can I have a word?" And I said, yes, of course you can, Mick. So it's about your socks. I said, what? My socks. Are these the key element to the fortunes of the Indian cricket team at this precise time? Are you worried about my form? Am I getting enough runs? Have I dropped a catch? Are we winning games? Are we losing games? No, it's about your socks. Any chance you could go back to you know, the grey mile of you know, 1963? Come on, come on. <laughs> They're very comfortable. I've got a nice pair of grey mile underneath the blue socks. They bring me luck. These are my, you know, these are my lucky socks. Dave, is that the problem with the England team in the minute? The socks? Oh. <laughs> They've got their I mean, own socks on. Very few people have hit upon this as the key element you know, to success. You know, we've talked about psychology, management, you know, the whole thing. Did that annoy you? Because you never seemed to be annoyed, did you? You just sort of cruised about, you know, I mean, very phlegmatic. I mean, it, it is weird because it was made to be, I mean, I, I, no, I just, I just ignored it. So you, you wore the blue socks? Yeah, of course I did. Yeah. Look at these two gentlemen here. They would have had superstitions. You have favourite bats, you have favourite gloves. You, you know, if it doesn't work, you change. Yeah. I had socks, which made me feel... They were very comfortable. They were actually technically, technically very efficient. You know, they, were the, they were ahead of their, ahead of their time. Of socks went, I, so. I get the feeling, Dave, that you're the kind of character, if someone tells you not to do something, you probably do it a little bit more. I am a huge respecter of authority, but I don't like being told what to do. Question your socks. We sort of got onto the sort of one of the key paradoxes of cricket, which is it's a team game, but you all got to be individuals. And does that, you know, as a captain, when you have the captain, were you having to sort of corral a group of individuals and turn them into teams? How difficult is it to do that, that perform that paradoxical thing? It's hugely difficult. I mean, there are some you obviously naturally uh, get on with and understand, and you can talk to them very easily. Others who are on a different wavelength. And I know that when I was captain, I had sort of some good words for some people and good words for the team 
and um, you know, some of those up and atom speeches, you know, where they were, yeah. you know, world class, world class. But they don't appeal to everyone, and you know, and when you let someone, as it were, slip away quietly without realizing what they're thinking or knowing, it's it's those are the failures. Just uh, so Ben Stokes has got the captaincy, and he'll be getting all sorts of advice. You know, it seems to be the trend. Someone gets, oh, if you've spoken to X, Y, and Z. You know, you mentioned two incredible captains in Ray Illingworth and Mike Brearley. What did they do to you that got the best out of you? Well, the, the, the two th- there's one thing also, which is your first captains you respect automatically. At that stage, you're like a, you know, like a child. You are a child. You're learning by osmosis, by the minute. I mean, Ray's, Ray's mantra, he's, he's said it many a time, I've repeated it many a time, was his job was to make, turn me from a gifted amateur to a gifted professional. Jury is still out. <laughs> um, yeah, and you don't want to lose your flair or you don't want to lose your, what makes you tick. But you have to learn, and a little bit like some of the people we're watching at the moment playing for England, you have to learn how to keep the enjoyment, keep the fl- spirit, keep the flair, but make more runs. You know, so those, I mean, Brearley took me aside after about three test matches and said, well, in fact, second test match, where I got 50 in a hurry at Lords, first time at Lords in a test match against Pakistan, played a horrible sweep shot that you know, went wrong. So it was a quiet word. You know, um, David, you, know, you do realise that test matches are five days. But, yeah, but I'm busy on Sunday. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there was that you know, gentle but effective word which tells you you need to start making hundreds. And then someone says you've got to make bigger hundreds. I, I've never, I mean, I, I'll openly say you were one of my heroes. So one oh, of the reasons Mike. I got into cricket, oh, Phil, Mike. you were also, <laughs> yeah, yeah. for many other reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The way that you played w- was just um, a way that I wanted to try and play. You know, you trying to take the opposition on. You, you made it look very, very easy. Have you ever been asked by the England setup to go in and try and talk about batting? Because I've never really heard you talk about your mindset, your game, when you were commentating, you'd almost like just brushed it aside that, you know, it just happened. There must have been more to it than just arriving and just it happening. There is, um, inevitably. There is that thing where, for instance, I mean, to, to use a Jeffrey Boycott, who has constructed his game like a Meccano set, so that if it goes wrong, he takes a bit out and puts another screw back in and puts it back together again. If you're more natural, it's not quite so easy to do that. And the one thing that's actually very hard to teach, as it were, is that mindset which takes you from one step to the next step to the next step onwards and upwards. And in some ways that's pure luck because the number of great players we've seen or potentially great players we've seen who haven't necessarily produced the 10,000 test runs that they might have done, there's only one thing missing, which is something somewhere out there. I mean, Hicks Hicks one of the great examples, I think, because Graham had a couple of great years in Test cricket, but over the period of, what, six, seven years that he played, wherever it was, everyone thought he should have had better figures. The mindset thing is impossible to coach. You you can talk people through it as best you can. Um, But then you think, I I think back, think, well, actually, how did, I actually think, well, how did I go from A to B to C to D? I, I, I think the honest answer is I allowed it just to develop. Where you have to think about it is where it goes wrong. So I had a brilliant couple of years where things were going in the right direction. 78 against Pakistan, New Zealand, 79 against India. Suddenly a cycle, the West Indies pitched up, and I had a poor series, so you get left out. Then I went to the West Indies following January, April, and got some runs. So, but every time, I mean, it's in, in a sense, it's quite a good thing to be dropped because it makes you tougher makes you think it makes you i mean you've got you've got basically two options either you give up and sell insurance or you get better and come back again you know so it's a <laughs> that brings me on to a, a point um practice did you ever you told me I, today that you used to throw him <laughs> he used to be sitting there just like he is there <laughs> on a in the dressing room yeah, yeah. with his pads on just knocking balls about the dressing room Throwdowns? How many throwdowns have you had during your career? I've had a net against you, Kat. (laughs) (laughs) One, singular. It is an interesting, because I hated nets, yes, because I never felt comfortable. And the golden rule about practice is you need to get something out of that that makes you feel better. And if you have the strength of mind to play well on the back of very little, you know, just a few throwdowns and a cup of coffee, fine. When I came back from Australia in 91... Uh, yes, things I was that there. 
Uh, yeah, 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 I think Which tour was that, Phil? Were, that you, uh, were you naughty on that tour? Uh, no, I think I was all right. Were you? Yes. Oh. I left all that. Dave. <laughs> yeah, he was appalling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but when I came back from that, and the, it was one of those times where the harder you try, the worse it gets. And I remember you know, trying to, you know, the, 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 long story with Tiger Moss and this, that, and the other, and then a drop of form. You know, so 200s, then a complete drop of form. Cost you Everything a thousand quid, off. that, didn't it? Minor. Yeah. Yeah. Worth it? Yeah, I've got... I've got enough artwork on that to sell to make a <laughs> <laughs> if need be if, if times get hard do you regret not uh, throwing the water balloons no that would have been that would have been silly <laughs> yes, yes how close were you were they all ready to go oh we didn't have any I mean, there's no regret because we didn't have any anyway. oh I thought you did it was a bit of a sort of rumour that floated oh right okay it was enough it was enough to have the fly pie and the, you know, the low level and the fun of that just and, and Tiger Moss are great and you know, old aircraft there's something special about them and to cock a snoot and all the rest of it. Um, <laughs> and it was harmless, but ex- yeah, marginally expensive. So, yeah, there we you, go. I, I've just got to say something there. You put a lot of faith in my bat in there, actually, because I was number 11, as I usually was. And as I walked off, having bat lasted for about 20 minutes, you and John no, you just landed. With the old panda on can, can I say, you know, the cat's memory is not what it was. <laughs> It was, it was, you know, two of England's finest, Lamb and, Lamb and Smith, born in Langham and Vec and Durban, respectively, who were batting through, you know, by the time, we, as, the fly pass was over Lamb and Smith, all right? It was, It yes. was, yeah. yeah. But then by the time you'd landed and then got back, it, nah, it, we were you very, were in the we nick were of time. Good. No, no, that's by the time I'd been back again, anyway. But the, but the, you know, the Corollie was, the, 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 the sad thing was that, but going back to start the English summer, where I had the worst start ever, and this is where actually you know, practice you need. You know, I, and I physically had to go to say Mark Nicholas at, at Hampshire, and you have to literally go right. I don't want anyone bowling quick at me. I just want someone to bowl at gentle medium pace. Mark, you'll do, <laughs> uh, and so I can see the ball again, and get the movements going again, and then start to get me. You know, so that's where really serious repair work had to be done. The thing that's always uh, said about you is that you're laid back. Do you, you, do you get annoyed by that characterisation? Because you don't get to sort of, where are you, fourth in the England test runs without, without having some inner steel. No, I like laid back, but I always have to remind people that underneath that has to be a, a little bit of steel somewhere. I found it a useful tool, as it were. Are you liking that? Oh, that's very nice, very approachable. So that's very approachable. It's a proper bottle. That's a nice bottle, that. That's yeah. a nice one. Proper bottle. That was stolen from Lords today, but don't tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> the laid-back thing, if you can relax yourself, is one thing. If you can appear relaxed to the opposition, because obviously if you show fear, yeah. you know, then, then you're in a bad place. You know, the, you know, the sledging goes up and you can imagine Lily Thompson, Pascoe, Hughes. Yes. Sharp. You know, if you're quivering at the other end. That's yeah, where I went Fretting. If you're cat-like at the other end. Because, again, I remember, I think it was BBC back in the day, turning on, there you go, Dave. Yeah. Then he gets to 20. Oh, come on, come on, Dave. And all of a sudden, that big drive. Oh, no, he's oh, out. No, and then the smile as you walk <laughs> off. Yeah. Does that smile carry on into the dressing room? No, not necessarily. You, no, I mean, what happens? It depends entirely on whether I, in that two or three minutes walking off and sitting down, decide it was my fault or someone else's fault. If you've had a wild waft at something, which apparently was a, it could happen. Occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah no, these yeah. things happen. If, you, if you've done something which, which instantly you know was wrong, then you go back in and you quietly fume. What kind of fume are we talking? Are we talking just uh, uh, the odd effing and blinding or we, we're not we're not launching the grey nickels across the dressing not room not a lot once or, only once or twice in 20 or 18 years did I ever launch the grey nickels across the room and was rebuked for it by senior professionals <laughs> where was that? Cardiff Cardiff? <laughs> I remember going out to open the so promoted to open the innings in a run chase against Glamorgan at Cardiff against Malcolm Nash bowling slow lift down but if he opened the bowling he swung it so I went out with this mission to you know, five or six and over had a slash you know, had a sort of big you know drive at it nick t got caught and i was just livid with my you know, I, you know this is where the laid back thing fails right so completely <laughs> livid you know 
up the stairs, through the batting, bounced off the walls past Roger Tolchard, who he said, you know, you shouldn't be doing that. And you do get I me, mean, I was probably 21, yeah, 2021, 20, I was a young lad, and was told in no uncertain terms, that's not how we do these things. Phil, did you? What's that? F- throw your bat? No, I was delighted. <laughs> <laughs> you only had one. You want to ruin it. <laughs> you want to ruin the one. <laughs> you I was say, if you only got one. Yeah. Yeah. I used to Look take after it. it. I used to take care of the teddy. Teddy, <laughs> <laughs> go on, teddy. Dave, what about um, so, so England's batting? What is your observation? In certain places, we're lacking talent. In other places, we have talent which needs to be channeled. And in certain places, we have world-class talent. So, you know, Joe Root is as good as it gets. Absolutely. Sorry to interrupt. You know the um, third highest scorer uh, for England over the last couple of years? Extras, probably. Correct. <laughs> Is that right? It's extras. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Dave. Carry you've on. Done some re- you've Sorry, done... I stole your punchline, no, Gav. You bloody yeah, did. Yeah. <laughs> you've actually done some research. No, I haven't. Uh, someone told him. It's fine. Yeah. They did. They yeah, did. Exactly. We all found it out today. He's a natural. He just, he just absorbs these things. <laughs> extras. Um, Sorry, mate. But uh, yeah, people like Joe, obviously, world class. Uh, I'm a Besto fan. I think John has done some. You know, he's battled his way up and down the order. He's you know, gets you know, hundred in Sydney was a, a very brave effort. Um, the Crawley thing is what fascinates me because I look at Zach thinking he's got oodles of talent, and there are little things you'd say. I mean, I saw something the other day. You think, well, actually, yeah, just that would make a difference. You know, the foot goes down the line of a stump, but not necessarily to where it should be for the drive. So if it comes to him. And that's what, that's what I think he's still trying to work out. If it comes to him, he can time it to death anywhere around the ground. If he's got to look, start going looking for it, the ball, then he's got to get himself in just a slightly different position to get the foot to a ball and give himself, you know, cut down the gap between foot and bat and, and ball. If you can just make that work more often, then you've got a man who can make good test match runs. The others who've opened the innings the last decade really since Alistair well, it's not quite a decade but you know, since Alistair Cook and that very simple but effective method and you look back over, you know, over history if you look back at some of the great players who've deliberately made the effort to cut down on the shots to make the productivity work and Alistair was brilliant at that and others who have the talent but you know, we still have that sort of will and wish to entertain and play the great shots sometimes to our cost well that, that's what you have to work out and if you don't work it out, then I'm afraid you don't make 10,000 runs. So as a left-hander, when you see someone like Alex Lees, yeah. Yeah. and he bats a foot outside off stump facing yeah. Colin de Grand on bowling 70 miles an hour around the wicket, I never no. saw someone like you do that. Why is Alex Lees thinking by batting a yard outside off stump, he's giving himself a better chance? All I would ever do to someone around the wicket or the left-armers was just shift the angle ever so slightly. So your alignment... You right arm over feet are where they should be. Someone goes round the wicket, you just push, push the front foot a couple of inches further towards the off stump, so you're now, your alignment is different. But you try and keep the, as it were, the picture in your mind the same. I think these boys are actually thinking about it. Do you think they're overthinking it, though, Phil? Well, yes. yes, when you were yeah. purring, yeah. you weren't thinking you about... Think. What, you don't think. Go on. Mm. The entire art of getting this right is training your instinct so you don't have to think. And if you think about it, if you, I, mean, I know it's a bit late for you, Cat. Yes. You know, I'm sorry about this, but you know, if you've got that 0.4 of a second to make your mind up and do something, you can't think. Yeah. You haven't got time to think. You've just got, you've just got to... It's all training the instinct. So your it can't instinct be happening in the conscious mind. No, you can't. It's, it's not a sort of tick box, is it? Isn't it? Is it short? Yes, OK. Shall I? No. Uh, shall I... Oh, it's too late. You know, shall I duck? bit late now because it's just hit me on the head boink uh, do, you think they get, do you think they get so i look at them now these these players and they get everything so everything that they do is on a video in the old days the only chance you could take to look at yourself bat and analyze yourself was on the highlights when you're having a you know, steak and a bottle of red <laughs> <laughs> is that how you used to look at yourself? Yeah. Oh, yeah. look at that. Lovely. Yeah. Oh, oh, well, that was lovely. That's a good shot. Yeah, Nutrition's to, moved on a bit have as to, well. Have to, break, yeah, have to break off from the steak tips and Rioja. And, you know, so just got to go and watch the highlights. You know. um, yeah, good days or bad. It's so, coming, but, that cover driver plays. Honestly, it's coming soon. Well, they cut it out. Yeah. Uh, but the ability to see yourself and you know, is, is not a bad thing to have. But yes, overthinking, overdeveloping that is... Probably not my way of doing it. it is, do you see Nolly Pope in England number three? 
Well, I feel for him. Because, I mean, I was first put at three by Brearley against Australia, I think, in 81. And I didn't understand the role. And I said, yes, of course, Mike, I'll, yeah, 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 I'll give it a go. I mean, it was, it was just it was the same sort of situation where you, you know, someone has to go to three. I probably got LBW Alderman for not very many. And then, you know, that, that was, <laughs> did a few, though. Yeah, you know, that was kind of the end of that. And at that stage, I didn't feel it was the right place for me. But, of course, you have to do it. Probably whatever, you know, five years later or whatever, you know, whatever the maths is, it turned out to be my best place yeah. when I was ready for it. And I could actually make it work. So all, you know, my best days came at three in the end. And it's a great place to bat once you understand it. And once, you know, once you've got, I mean, Ollie was saying, well, I've been batting at four for sorry, it's only one position difference, that'll be fine, you know, which is a, it's kind of a good thing to say to yourself, to take the pressure off yourself. Um, but at the same time, you have to somehow work out what it's like to go in when it's, one for one, or yeah. whether it's so, so what's for one. to what's to understand? What is the difference between three and four? You become a better player. You become more equipped to deal with, you know, because your your first thing is you've got the openers who are specialists in looking at a brand new ball, which is going to fly through, swing, bounce, whatever it's going to do, and yeah, and if it's <laughs> if it's holding Roberts Garner Croft or Akram, good luck, Eunice, <laughs> you know, well, yeah, play well or good luck, yeah, good luck. If you're at four. You, in your mind, you think, well, I might have, you know, a little bit of time before I, yeah, and the ball will be, you know, you just feel a little bit more relaxed because you think someone else might soak up the difficult bits at the start and you can make hay. If you're at three, you've got to be ready to do both. And the cat is poised. I, I, I had a thought. Oh, don't tell day. me you think you could have batted three. No, I think openers and threes mm. play on line. And I think right. fours and fives play on length. Can you explain that, Phil? I well, don't know. I heard it this morning. <laughs> but it, it well, sounded, what do you mean? Can you explain that, Well, no, that because part? you go out there as a four and five, you're looking to see the ball. You're playing on length. If it's a bit wide, you say, oh, up there, boom, through extra cover. Openers, you should know this, boys and threes, start by playing on line. Is that right? Well, you've got to survive. Yeah, you've got to survive mm, on absolutely. line. Yeah. Yeah, I think you might be right, Phil. Oh, thanks. Don't Mark. say that you heard <laughs> yeah. that. You just take that, own it. Yeah. Can you cut that out? Yeah, we can. I'm sure we can yeah. do yeah. some sort of. Hold on a minute. I've had a thought. <laughs> <laughs> so we've all been around English cricket for a long time. I'm putting you in charge of English cricket, Dave. Lord Gower. Can I say, Michael? Yes. That no one up until this moment has made that mistake. <laughs> Put, well, I, 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 I'm, I'm willing to make the mistake. So I've decided you that you're in charge this. of English cricket. You've got a blank canvas. Are you going to change anything? I mean, the one thing, so because of who I am, what I am, what I like, I mean, I want red ball cricket to be given its proper chance, which means playing in the, you know, the right time of year, not winter. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, you can talk about balls, you can talk about pitches, talk about divisions um you know i thought when we got to two divisions that was a good step in the right direction um i i, I don't like the idea of the amount of red ball cricket being reduced i mean you can argue that if it really counts every time or counts more every time you walk out maybe that i don't know. I, i'm not sure about that i think you, we need to have enough of it to give people a chance to learn it play it and get into good habits having a blast and a hundred is a problem Having a 50 over, having just won the World Cup for the first time in 3,000 years of, t- of trying, the 50 over competition is now played by club players. I, mean, I know it's a gross exaggeration, but you know, it's suddenly been sidelined. I went to a game at Beckenham last year. I knew two of the people on the field. I knew the names of two people. Were the umpires? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's, and it's an impossible thing in the sense that you've got so much to fit in and so many, you know, so many different things to fit in nowadays that we just don't have the time. And, I, and again, I didn't like the fact that last year we played India. So you're playing one of the official top two sides in the world. Two things went wrong. One is everyone's still talking about the ashes that came. No, forget the ashes. We've got to deal with India first. Secondly, there's a problem with the selection. Or well, if someone's out of form, let's have a look around who's in form. Ah, no one's played red ball cricket for a month or two. Okay, it's an impossible balance, but we need to have, a, I'm sure, red ball cricket played by people who might be playing for England actually in summer uh, so you can back up a test team I mean I 18 counties is is that going to well, carry on 
I, th I still think, okay, I think you can have 18 counties, but the divisional thing is important. And the point of two divisions was trying to you know, make it competitive and get the better players into the top division. And I entirely sympathise with my first county, Leicestershire, who have no money. You know, they have a part to play because you can still become a professional cricketer for Leicestershire. You can still improve. And if you have to move to another club, as Stuart Broad did and various you know, to get the better exposure, well, that is part of a system that at least progresses people up a tree. Um, whereas if you said if you said okay to you know I mean I don't want to name counties or so but you say to the bottom six counties right you're going to be minor counties or whatever they call them nowadays because you can change the names but it doesn't change the reality. Well okay but you still need a system that brings people out of schools to clubs to leagues to counties and upwards. So do you think the game needs to get rid of a format? Uh, probably. Which one? Well now because the way things are committed. Um, maybe the blast, because the blast, bless it, conforms to what the Western world is doing, which is 20 overs. The 100, I'm told, is available to private equity to come and finance the game for the next 100 years. Uh, I'm not aware of any private equity that's interested in the 100 at this particular stage in the early days, uh, but if they're out there, please you know, knock on the door of my new office at ECB Towers. Will you want a bonus for that? And well, no, no, no. Look, I'm, I'm here for the good of the game. Right? Yeah, the the got game. a big throne in that office. Big throne. <laughs> yes, 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 and, yes, and people yes. wafting me with ostrich feathers. <laughs> yes, uh, I'd like Lord Gower that, 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 Oh, that, I would as well. Yeah. Yeah, well. It would be a lot more fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, it might be, but um, if the 100 has a commercial value that we haven't seen yet, but it does appear to involve that sort of thinking, you know, money coming in that isn't predicated on TV. But if you look at the IPL, which is singularly the most successful, most lucrative tournament in the world, which involves cricket, there's a lot of, OK, call it private equity, call it you know, investment. And it's still predicated on that same thing, which is a lot of television money. You know, if you're watching IPL now, when the advert comes in on the fifth ball and finishes on the third ball the next over, <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know damn well that you know, there is a commercial reality behind that. It's brilliant. I mean, the IPL is extraordinary. Yes. And it's done great. You know, it's brought through... I mean, what I like, love about IPL is the exposure of young players from India who are lapping it up. So they, you know, it works for them. And that's if the 100 does that. I mean, the great thing, actually, about the first year of the 100, as an aside, was that because for various reasons, COVID and the rest of it, we couldn't get the overseas stars that were you know, going to come and play for 20 quid and make it special. We got people like, say, Will Smead coming through, yeah. getting a chance, yeah. making a name. Then he goes to PSL and makes hundreds in the PSL. And it's brilliant for bringing through and showcasing young talent. So, I mean, those are the things I love about it. But, yes, you've still got to fit it in. And if it's in the prime time of summer and we're still trying to you know, win test matches at the same time, yeah, it's 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 something's got to give. It's yeah, busy. Something has, well, something something has, has to give. Yeah. It is busy. Yeah. 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 Something has yeah. to give. Again, the cat. You know, the cat. That per that perceptive mind is. <laughs> I'm on. Overtime Dave, tonight, Dave you, yeah. you'll notice that the cat has a book. Listen, I'll and be... uh, on our podcast, the cat every week he does an, an either or with our guest, <coughs> um, uh, and this is his moment. Leicestershire or Hampshire? Hampshire. Oh, okay. Number two, grey nickels or Open Championship. Nichols. Oh, I like the Open Championship. I like the Open Championship. The Open Championship. Power spot was all right, but the Open no, spot. No, but, but Grays, I love Grays because you know, I love the sort of the family, family firm. Yes. You know, John Gray, the patriarch, Nick, and, you know, and Jot Livingston when I first started. You Lovely. can have you know, two for the price of one. Going down to the cottage industry, watching these, these artisans making these beautiful things. I loved all that. Oh, here we go. Number three. Boycott or Gooch. <laughs> I'm going to say Gooch. Jeffrey, I mean, Jeffrey has a great expression. If we add your ability and my brains, we will be one hell of a player. <laughs> Here we go. I think I know the answer to this one. Tiger Moth or Spitfire? Oh, Spitfire. Oh, no. Oh, Spitfire. Oh. That's one of my ambitions to get one of those flights from Goodwood or wherever in the two seater Spitfire. That would be brilliant. I look, I'd rather fly in a Spitfire over Goodwood than sort out the ECB, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> last one, yeah, last yeah. one, cat or dog? I'm a cat man, actually. I like Good the big man. cats. The oh, big cats. I see. Yes, the big, big uh, yes. Yeah, the, the leopards, the snow leopards, the lions, the tigers, you know. Yes. Um, 
but I wouldn't keep one in the house, to be honest. No, very <laughs> sharp. That was claw. very good. Mm. Yes. Very, very, very good. good. Yeah, excellent very, very excellent good. question. It's improving. You're getting better at that. Very perfect. You're only the okay. second time. Uh, I, I gave Dave some homework. Oh, you did? Lord oh, Gallagher. really? He's, he's going to tell us his, his greatest ever team. Oh, oh, lovely. So I came up with two teams. Right. Oh. Because two teams. They can play each okay. other. The first one starts with Alexander the Great, oh. Attila the Hunter, <laughs> yeah. which is a very powerful opening part. Yeah. <laughs> Don't mess with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, General Montgomery. Right. Monte. Uh, Richard the Lionheart. Lovely. The Duke of Wellington. Napoleon, oh. because you've got to have balance. You know. Yes, yeah, yes. At his moment, you know. This is a good team. Yeah, it's low centre of gravity. Uh, Admiral yeah. Nelson. Admiral Nelson, I think slow left arm. I think it's... <laughs> <laughs> Was it left or right arm? I mean, I, yeah, that's, what I, that's what I was quite sure about. I think it was the right arm that went. So we're down to slow left arm. Uh, Thor, because of course, yeah, he's a, yeah, he's a, he'd be able to hit several, it hard. Several characters from Game of Thrones, and then, yeah, that was it. Lovely. But anyway, right, my other team. Yes. Okay, so not of all time, but of people that I've seen play. Yep. Okay. Marvelous. This is good. This is it. Gordon Greenwich. Oh, very good. Um, there's so much competition for the next four spaces. Uh, five, five. Tendorka comes in. It may be a little higher than normal. Oh, he's going open. You're going to open. But I'll tell you why in a moment, okay? Okay, okay. Because right. at three is the great Graham Pollock. Graham Pollock is in there. As is Iva Richards, who oh, can play. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. So Vivi, you, know, you, can tell, you can tell how these things went when we played against the Caribbean, you know, played, played against the West Indies. You know, Vivi is Servid Richards. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> OBE. Well, there is that as well. Yeah, OBE. Yeah, if you go but I had to get Lara, Lara, Lara. I BC. wanted to get Lara in Oof. left-hander. So you've got you know, quite a strong middle yeah. order here. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's quite so a good Sachin, top five. You know, I'd have, where was Sachin? Say, look, yeah. do you mind opening? There's a lot of all-rounders in this team, because partly for fun, because Sobers, who I watched, you know, I used to watch Gary at Trent Bridge when I was growing up as well. Um, and just awesome. And the great thing about Gary, you know, he can bat, yep. He can catch, yeah. He can bowl you know, swinging 80 mile an hour. He can bowl your twiddlies. He can bowl your orthodox left arm. So Gary's in there. Has to be in there. Then I had a bit of fun because <laughs> Imran and both. Oh, Ooh. hello. Hello. Oh, okay. Hello. You're having them both. I'm, I'll tell you why I'm mm. having them both. Oh, you're having oh, them both. Oh, oh, yes. oh, oh no, I'll tell you why I'm having them both. This is. No, because I'm just imagining this dressing room. <laughs> Where they're going to change? Yeah, who gets to choose where they sit? If they're ever going to speak to you, because we know what beef. Yeah, you know what beef is like. Yeah, he can, he can hold a grudge for a while, you know. No, it's not beef. Ah, oh, come on, you. So beef, Lord beef. Yeah, we talked about captaincy earlier, bringing people together. Who's batting seven? So that's seven or eight. Yeah, who's yeah, seven? Who, I'm who, going to say. Um, oh yeah, go on. No, come on. Who's seven and who's decision. eight? Who are you going to say? I've got him round at seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Both of them down at eight. You pissed him yeah. off already. <laughs> yeah, well, I suddenly remember we needed a keeper. Oh, yes, I forgot that's about that. I've forgotten about that. Um, and I loved Notty. I thought Notty was oh. just the... Yeah, with the gloves. Notty, hands like mink. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Have you, have you felt much mink? <laughs> yes, I have in my time. <laughs> Ten and eleven. Um, got to be some paces well, here. Yeah, well, we've already got a bit of... You've got, we've got some... You, know, you, so might, need got got you might need a spinner. Oh, I've got one. About a sp- oh, you've got one. I've got one. Peter, would you be mortified if I put Warren ahead of you? Not at all. Okay. Well, in, in that case, as it's been... Say what, Imran, Beefy... Warren over Murray. Warney, Warner, Lara. And the final... The final pace link is. Oh. Do you want to guess? Uh, uh, I reckon Malcolm Marshall. Correct. correct. Yes. Hampshire. Absolutely right. Yeah. Who's the skipper? Oh, go on. I almost said Warren. Oh, because go tell, you, on. tell you why? Because oh. they'd have had a lot of fun with that. No team meetings. The, you know, the morning. The morning meeting would have been very entertaining, and you know, no cricket involved. Also, Mike. What? Top night out. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Yes. Good tour, good tour. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> there's a couple of belters in there, and I think they're winning a few games. So I think they're celebrating a few nights as well. Yeah, that's a pretty good team, Lord. Well, it's. I mean, as you say, there's there are many more who will be you know, just failed to make the cut, but that's life. Mm. Including you, you didn't select yourself. Uh, a bit tired. It's been a long day. I was a bit tired thinking about the selection thing. Fair enough. You can just sit in the stands and watch. Well, your management, a bit of management. Yeah. Uh, Dave, thank yeah. you. 
Oh, amazing. Uh, the Vaughan and Tuffers Cricket Club. Well, wasn't it great to to meet David? What what a gent and uh, some great teams there. Well, uh, let me say, yeah, and, and I, I kind of alluded to it at the start, but he was my hero. You give me David Gower, Alan Lamb, Robin Smith, Beefy, those kind of characters that always seem to play the game as if it was just uh, in another day out at the cricket. Looking back now, I, I could always tell that they'd had a few the night before. <laughs> <laughs> that was my side, Mike, you know, and I could see that in your face, Mike. He was your, he was, he was your hero. You were sitting there, like, sort of longingly looking at him, weren't you? I could see it in you. I haven't seen you do that many times. No, well, you, well, you were too busy on the red wine, so I had to kind of look like I was, I was, t- I was kind of taking him seriously. <laughs> Well, I played with that. The, your heroes there, Mike, and you're right. My, most of them, including me, when we came out, had, had come on. Give me, an in, give me an insight. I mean, I've just sat next to Dave, and 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 and, and I love him to bits. But what was it like playing with him? He had. He was. He was a very sort of calm, level-headed kind of guy. But he, he could blow, as he as he mentioned there. You know, there were a few occasions when he'd just go, ah, you know what I mean. But um, I can remember playing in a game. I think it was Sydney. Sydney, and he just went out there, and, it, and he's—I tell you what—he scored a uh, hundred like Joe did um, at Lords. You, you just—it you, just sort of like washed over you. You know what I mean? You can't particularly remember any sort of glorious big shot or anything like that. It was just silky smooth, Mike. Silky smooth. Wonderful bloke to play with, and always, as you said, would look after you and try to, you know, he'd invite you to dinner and take you out for a for a nice bit of seafood and a glass of white wine, wasn't it? I can imagine um, out with Lord Gower, you're talking lobster, aren't you? And fine, fine wines. Yeah, are you having a starter? Are you having a bit of caviar? Well, yes, might go for a little bit of that. Why not? Langoustines or something. Yeah, would you have dessert with Dave? Would he? Uh, um, I might go straight onto the sort of. Um, Port. Oh, oh, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, maybe, maybe a brandy to finish the night with him. <laughs> no, it was. It was. I said I only went on the one tour with David, but uh, yeah, um, a, a wonderful player and, and the player that you just wanted to watch. You know what I mean? When, when he went out the bat, everyone. You know, I was usually having a snooze on the physio's bed, but even I used to get up and sort of go and find myself a little chair on the balcony and just see what was going on. Were you Were you ever at the other end? Did you ever have a partnership with him? Well, not a partnership. Uh, <laughs> I, yes, I think if my memory serves me right, well, I think it was at Perth, and this was one one of the tight, you know, really fast bouncy track. And um, I walked out there, and Dave sort of coming. It was, you know, we, they, I think we needed four hundred or something. I was with the last wicket, and um, and, and I, I can't remember. It might have been Merv Hughes coming steaming in or something. I can't remember. But um, even even David was bobbing and weaving, and I was at the other end, and I thought to myself. Well, if Lord Gower's bobbing and weaving, I am in big trouble. <laughs> <laughs> did he have any calming words for you? Well, he did. He went, you know, hello, tough as old boy, you know, not to worry. You know, I'll try and farm the strike and try and sort of like knock these 400 off and you just stay with me. <laughs> did you? <laughs> no, I was out next ball. <laughs> right, chaps, obviously the test match has been the big thing going on uh, this week. But uh, one other story that caught our eye... Uh, was about Ricky Clark, uh, the Surrey all-rounder, former Surrey all-rounder. Played a couple of tests, I think, and a few one-day matches for England in the noughties. But last week he was playing for Shrewton in Division 2 of the Hampshire League, uh, where he put South Wilts' third 11 to the sword. Uh, scored 229 <laughs> off 109 balls, including 22 sixes, um, and helped reach the team reach uh, 385 for seven off just 45 over. He's only, Kat, he's only gone and got a daddy hundred in the dog and dog <laughs> 11. Thirds. In the thirds. Oh. Well, he, 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 I think he was playing for his first, but he was up against South Wilts. That's a bit unkind. And he, he, he posted a video of this and he sort of inundated with social media vitriol with people mm. suggesting that maybe... Uh, given, given that he only he only retired from professional cricket last year, Ben, as a, as a batter, you are taught if you get in, yeah. make it a bigger. Yeah. 
you know, you've got to make it count, Phil, haven't you? Yeah. Well, Mike, you, you've been in touch with him. Has he been, been able to defend himself? I, I love the fact he's still playing cricket, and I think that's what we should be celebrating. All right, should he, yeah. should he have chipped one in the air once he got to 100? Maybe. You know, getting a double <laughs> might be a bit over the top, but let's just put a bit of context into what he's doing at the club. So he, he did send me a message. He said, we found the club as a family. Uh, for my little lad to start All Stars, the ECB programme, uh, and it was Shrewton, uh, which was the closest. We've been part of the club as a family for the last three to four years now. Um, I've been playing in many leagues below my standard, but even if I played Premier League, um, it would be uh, obviously below his standard, no doubt as well, because he's an ex-pro. Um, I don't get paid a single penny. Um, it helped out jet washing the decking. It helped paint the pavilion. He took a whole week on a weekend off to do that. He, he did a, a free masterclass taster session to boost the junior participants at the club. Um, he even scored for a seconds game oh, uh, one weekend that he wasn't playing. This is a guy that's also in the same team as scored 14-14 and 41. So he has got out three times for relatively um, low scores. I think we should be celebrating the fact that we've got an ex-England player who's willing to put the... He's, got, he's had the paintbrush out at the club. He's scored. So he's, he's not just a ringer who's turned up and, and smashed the ball all over the place and then got back in his fancy car and driven off. I was just saying here, Ben, that, you know, and, and I, I'm hearing it across um, you know, the, the kind of teams where I, I, I play as well, not play, where I kind of watch a bit of cricket and my lad plays. You know, they're finding it hard to get teams out, you know, with COVID uh, still causing an issue. You know, I think participation numbers... Um, across grassroots league cricket, it's getting harder. You know, Saturday afternoon cricket for the seconds and the thirds are getting harder to fill. So I think we should be celebrating the fact <clears throat> that Ricky Clark's back out there, he's playing. And I'll be honest with you, I, I think I painted one cricket pavilion for the NatWest Cricket Force many, many years ago. And to think he's doing it off his own back, giving up his time, giving master classes. As I said, maybe 229. <laughs> it might be a few too many, but we should be, yeah. we should be praising him for, for what he's doing and giving a bit back. Yeah, praise him, but also thoughts and prayers for all the bowlers in Division 2 of the Hampshire League. And I'll tell you something, if he's any good with a jet wash, he can come round and do my deck in any day of the week. <laughs> well, it sounds like he's busy. I don't think <laughs> So we got we got that text, but we've also been inundated with um, emails, uh, texts, and tweets from from listeners from last week. We asked people to get in touch via Twitter, but also via our email, which is cricketclub at telegraph.co.uk. And um, the first email that jumps out to me is one showing uh, showing an ex professional player doing it the right way and uh, and getting bowled for eleven in a village game at Newick in two thousand and nineteen. It's a certain uh, MP Vaughan. Oh right, so someone someone's emailed in. Haven't yeah, you? yeah. It's a so it's a chap called Scott. He was he was the bowler, uh, and he's got, he's got a video. Oh right, so someone's filmed it. Someone's filmed it. Yeah. Scott Warren in bowls. Oh, that's about right, isn't it? Yeah. So Ricky Clark, you know, I've just praised him for getting, you know. 229 and you're just dragging up that I've got bowled out. Well, the, I mean, the shot you're out to is pretty horrid looking, I've got to admit. No, well, that's what I was giving back. Uh-huh. You know, I was I was being yeah. kind. You know, I, I could easily have got 229. So so apparently, so in the email, you apparently said that the ball was a jaffer. Yeah, it would have been, yeah. But I've seen it and I I think you just got caught in no man's land. You, you've, you've gone back to a ball that you should have gone forward and you seem to have played around a straight one. I've been hammering Johnny Bairstow for playing the big drive all week through the gate. Have I done the same? You then walk off. Right. You have a bit of a bounce in your step, yeah. but then you have to turn back and swap bats with the uh, non-striking <laughs> batsman. I don't know whose bat you had. Yeah, that's proper. You, that's proper. Oh, proper. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have got a sentry at Newick. I have. Unfortunately, we have we don't have a video of that. No, but I will make sure that by next week, <laughs> I'll get you the scorecard okay. of that. Uh, I mean, there was actually, in fairness, there was a there was quite quite a sizable crowd there. I was kind of sort of surprised to see for a video. Well, what are you laughing at? No, Mike, I was just going to say I, I thought that you got out for eleven because what you really wanted to do was go and paint 
the pavilion. <laughs> you spend all afternoon painting the pavilion. Come on, let, let, let's offer. Let's me and you, Phil and Ben. Let's offer to go to a creek club at the end of the season. What we should do in this podcast, we should run a competition. Steady, right? yeah, steady. Okay. Right, let's run a comp. And what yeah. we'll do is, we at the end of the season, say October time, we will go and yeah. record a live podcast at a cricket club of choice. Look, we'll come and paint, jet wash, whatever it may be. It might be Shrewton that win it. It might be Ricky Clark's team. Well, maybe not. What about the team that he whacked for 229? See, they've got to be a candidate, potentially, to having the live pod at their club. And we'll do a night, and we'll come with a paintbrush, and we'll do 10 minutes with a brush, and then record a podcast. I think that's a great idea. People should write in, tell us why their club deserves us to come and come and visit them. Tufnell and myself and Ben... We'll come and serve behind the bar for the first half an hour, then record the podcast. Uh, forget the paint. We're not doing that. That's garbage. <laughs> so we got lots of other emails. There was one here which I thought was very interesting, which was about the Duke's ball. Because uh, we've seen that the Duke's ball's gone quite soft at the beginning of the uh, this season. That's allowed the... Uh, the, the batsmen to score some runs. Someone's written in and suggested maybe that English cricket should adopt the Kookaburra ball. I'm, I've always been a fan of the Duke ball, to be fair, but there is this chat going about that there's a bit of a, a, a batch that goes soft. But, I mean, it's a, it's a lovely cricket ball. But I know what you mean, just to make it sort of like global, the global game a little bit more sort of regulated, for sure. And, and there, it, I mean, it was a marked difference, wasn't it? They, um, New Zealand kept trying to change the ball. I think they had throw three or four goes of trying to get it through the old rings that the, uh, the umpires take with them. But uh, it was gun barrel straight that morning. It was overcast and, and it appeared to have gone flat, just like when uh, Mitchell and Blundell got their their, their uh, partnership going. It had obviously lost its oomph. The county game this year, there's been complaints because the ball hasn't done enough, but I think that's absolutely what the county game needs. You know, we don't need 75 mile an hour seam bowlers getting 50, 60 wickets. For me, we've got to try and nullify that kind of pace. I don't think um, that kind of pace should be having uh, too much success and it's only down to the the, the old Duke ball that does too much. So this year they've gone and produced a ball that's not doing quite as much. Um, ironically, the test team went back to the batch that did a bit more because they wanted movement. Uh, for England to be the best team in the world, I think we have to get used to playing on pitches and using a ball. And, and it's possibly Dukes can make a ball that doesn't do quite as much. But for England to become the best team in the world, um, it, it'll need pace, it'll need real quality spin. And those 75 miles an hour seam overs should be bowled, in my opinion, by spinners. And doing that uh, will create bowlers that bowl quicker because you'll have to. And hopefully we'll create uh, more of a batch of spin bowlers because they'll bowl a lot more overs. So I do think the ball is going to be crucial in England's development going forward. And, and talking of England's development, we had a lot of people write in following Rob Key's interview last week, um, Managing Director of England Cricket. We had him on. And one of the things he was saying was that it still seemed to intimate that to develop Red Bull cricket in this country, we should play a little less Red Bull cricket, uh, and a lot of people have picked up on that uh, that paradox. I, I would I would make this 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 change in the game in the UK. I, I think we should start our season in March at the start of March, and the start of the season starts overseas. So there are a few less what? teams. What? Where are we going, Mike? What? Overseas? Well, you can go wherever you wish. The UAE, you can go to Barbados, Antigua, Sri Lanka, India, whatever it is. We'll just create four rounds of uh, four-day, five-day cricket, whatever they decide to go for, and play them overseas. And by that, you just spread the season out. So at the minute, it starts April the 6th or 7th, and, and it's pretty much a conveyor belt till September of non-stop cricket. If you start it earlier overseas and you get four rounds done early you, you can just stretch it out a bit more and you can get a few more days off for preparation um, rehab all that kind of stuff it might give you a chance to rest up your bowlers so um, the pacey bowlers get a little bit more time to to have a breather um, so that'd be the change i would go for um, what about the spectators mike you know, ultimately, if you don't change something, so that the one element of English cricket that we've struggled with over many, many years is playing overseas, then the only people that get to play overseas are England players. So if you take all the teams overseas to play four rounds of matches, you just never know what you're going to find in terms of giving opportunities to all those. But they all go on pre-season tours anyway, generally. They all go overseas anyway in March time. 
so I would spread the season out, take it overseas for the first month or so, and then bring it back from April onwards and spread the uh, the kind of load of all the games and all the different formats around. Uh, and plus, you'd come back with a fabulous tan for the start of the summer. Lovely, <laughs> lovely, lovely. Right, guys, I think that's probably about all we've got time for this week. So a big thank you to David Gaff for taking the time to chat with us. And thank you also to everyone who wrote in. We loved getting your emails and tweets this week. Please keep sending them in, uh, especially if you've got any videos of uh, Mike getting castled. Can I, can I give an early, early little bit of a promo for next week? We've got something very special. It doesn't get much bigger than Rob Key, David Gow, but in terms of a character, we've got the legendary David Bumble Lloyd, who's going to come on our podcast and he's going to pick his character 11. And his character 11 is not runs, scored, wickets, taken, catches, caught. It is just purely 1 to 11 characters. Get ready. I might get in that one. Well, I, I, I think, um, I think uh, Phil might be in with a chance. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you've got any suggestions for who might make a, uh, a character 11, please send them in. A reminder, you can find us on Twitter. Mike's handle is Michael Vaughan at Michael Vaughan. Phil's is at Phil Tufnell, one F, two L's. I've got a common name, so mine's a bit more convoluted. It's at underscore Ben Wright, underscore. Uh, and you can also send an email to cricketclub at telegraph.co.uk. So until next time, thank you guys, and bye. Cheers, boys. Sarah. <laughs> <laughs>